I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another solo rep. I don't know the number. I'm assuming 43 or 44. But life is a blur when you're moving, sticking and moving, sticking and moving, sticking and moving. Appreciate y'all for coming back for another episode here. And as y'all may know or may not know, the world is on fire. <laughs> we had a crazy week with bank runs um, over the past week, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Uh, the Silicon Valley Bank, which is really big when it comes to, you know, uh, tech startups and tech businesses. Um, surprise, they don't have any money. None of these banks have any money. And I just kind of wanted to rip on that a little bit. I'm actually here at TFTC Studios in the Bitcoin comments, and I'm actually waiting on somebody to show up here. So I figured I need to get my solo rip in here for today um, to be able to give the listeners my thoughts on what I think about this bank run and a few other things. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, let's get right into it. You guys already seen, you know, bank runs are starting to happen. We, you know, I'm not the expert in the finances and why that happens. And you won't expect to hear that from me. But what you will expect to hear from me is the constant reminder that Bitcoin self-custody is the only way to truly possess and own value and accrued value. There is no other vehicle. No other vehicle exists that can do this. If you put it in the bank, guess what? It's not your money. If you put it in uh, stocks, guess what? Not your company. If you put it in anything, man, retirement, guess what? That's the feds. You know, if you it, it, all of this crony capitalism system that's built up is starting to erode. And what's happening is, is more and more people are losing their interest and losing their trust on the, you know, big figures here on Big Daddy as <laughs> some of these uh, people that are so stuck on whatever the Fed says and the government says uh, to determine what they do in their lifestyle. But, you know, no single points of failure. We need to be able to actually have custody of this because I'm going to be honest with you. I slept really comfortably while this was happening. Price wasn't an, an issue for me because I have no leverage on my Bitcoin. Um, rug pulled wasn't an issue for me because I sleep well with multi-signature custody, you know, uh, being securing my Bitcoin. So I, I really, you know, am, you know, I'm really empathetic for what's going on for the majority of the people here because it, I, was, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, actually. It just doesn't seem like people want to learn the lessons that you have to be sovereign in everything that entails life. And in this example, Bitcoin and wealth, you have to have self-custody. You have to have responsibility. You have to make the effort to make sure that you are the one that's in control. And I know that most of the people, especially the ones that are my age, grew up in an environment where you didn't have to do that. It was always handled for you. They wanted you to believe that their services were the reason that you were secure. Your service, uh, their services were the reason why your, you know, belongings or, or your your retirement or your funds or your finances were in a safe place. And Bitcoin has showed us all that, that that does not matter. You need to be able to have possession of your keys and your Bitcoin. Although I think this kind of like 
like restarts the the uh, um, the wheel of uh, of adoption here in Bitcoin. And, and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, as you know, on the Genesis block, what was what was printed or minted on there? What message was minted on there? Uh, the chancellor is on the brinks of bailing out the banks. Well, this is now happening. What? 14 years later, the same exact thing is happening. Bitcoin was designed to be able to like survive through these times. Right. We've seen it. So now, just like 14 years ago or so, every, you know, that adoption of Bitcoiners were minted. And here we are. Now we have a brand new, you know, cycle of Bitcoiners that are going to be minted. Right. Because they're going to figure out what we what they figured out back in, when Satoshi dropped the Genesis block, which is we need censorship resistant money. And, we, and the problem is, is that we're also also in restarting that cycle. We're going to restart a brand new cycle, which basically is more rug pulling. Now there's going to be more people more than ever that are going to continue to make this mistake again with new players in the game. Think about Apple coming in the game and offering Bitcoin solutions for whatever situation is on their phone or Google or any of these companies. We're, it, there's going to be the breed that have learned and there's going to be the breed that are self-custody maxis and are what you know we figured out. And then there's going to be the other ones that are like, oh, well. Apple's going to give me a stake or Apple's going to give me lightning payments where, where Apple pay and it's going to be this and that. And it's all going back to the same thing. So this has been some crazy times, but what really scares me is not what's happening because like I just explained, I sleep well at night. My setup is good. What really scares me is is that I'll speak for myself here. I am only aware of these things because I'm aware of Bitcoin because I'm aware of the solution. So many other people are just not aware that the solution, which is Bitcoin, exists for them. And that is the, the only part of this whole scenario that scares me, because that could be family members. That could be, you know, people that you care about that are just not family, that, you know, good best friends and all that. They are not aware that this is happening and they continue to live their life and ignore the fact that what's to come, what these buffoons at the Fed are about to pull off here is going to be probably one of the toughest times in our lifetime. Maybe not our parents' lifetime, maybe not before that, but in our lifetime. I don't remember 2008's collapse of the finance system. I don't even remember what age I was. I didn't do the math, but I was probably out in the streets just doing some crazy stuff and uh, uh, and not paying attention to what the, you know, the media or the Fed and all that because I was making just allegedly... I was making uh, hot money, right? I was getting money the fast way and that stuff didn't matter to me. But now I'm a parent. Now I'm a, 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 I would like to think a leader in this Bitcoin space. Now I'm an educator. Now I'm so many different things. And, and that bears a responsibility to make sure that as many people as possible are aware that what's about to come down and Bitcoiners have expected this for quite some time now, but gradually then suddenly in both directions, gradually then suddenly we get to the Bitcoin world and, and Bitcoin, you know, uh, is the main currency. But gradually then suddenly the system deteriorates fast. And, and there's a middle ground there where people, even if they're Bitcoiners, are still kind of working in both systems. They're working on that fiat system to try to build up to, you know, acquire assets and acquire property and do the and, you know, start businesses like I'm doing and these other things. But then they have their foot in the other one, which is like that's about to go bye bye. So I told my wife this the other day, we have to operate and I kind of this isn't financial advice, but it's kind of something you should model in your head is you need to operate with the idea that everything or anything that you have in the bank is not yours. And I know that we know that. I know that's the thing. I know that we understand what the bank does and we understand, but we let them get away with it. And the pain isn't bad enough until you lose it all. And then when you lose it all, you lost it all. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. So, you know, the, 
don't put don't invest as much money as you're not willing to lose. I think with Bitcoin, that just turns into, you know, fiat being the investment versus Bitcoin the investment, right? Like, don't keep any money in fiat that you're not willing to lose because they've already shown, right? Seamlessly overnight. I mean, Silvergate happened and Silvergate was just you know, operate. I think a few a few days before that, they were saying they were operating perfectly fine and they were doing things the right way and all these things. And then immediately, boom, gradually, then suddenly, anybody who was there. Now, I think in that scenario, I could be wrong here. Most of the people that had funds in there were FDIC insured. Um, so they'll be able to, I'm assuming, get it from the government. But then the other part of that is, is where's the government getting the money from? They're going to print it. And when they print it, you know, the, the normal people get the pressure. The, the people like me get the pressure. The people like y'all listen and get the pressure, right? Whether it's inflation, whether it's direct, whether it's some other type of weird buffoonery that they pull off, it's the pressure. So you end up paying for Silvergate to fuck up. Think about this system for a quick second. Slow down and think about what's happening here. So, you know, let's just say for easy numbers, it's much bigger than that. Their company, Silvergate or whatever, has 150 employees. So we're talking about 150 buffoons, uh, you know, maybe not. I'm sure there's some smart people there. <laughs> maybe that was extreme. But we're talking about, like, as a culture, 150 buffoons that are doing uh, uh, no good, right? That are doing, you know, borderline fraudulent th- activities and that they call legal because they were from the framework of, an, of, of a cruddy illegal system, right? So we got those guys. These guys are going on yachts, right? These guys are going on all the higher level of that 150 is going on these company paid expenses, vacations, doing all this, uh, putting money in their pocket, buying penthouse mansions and all this other crap. They're doing all this stuff, right? Until they eventually just say, oh man, we, we just can't do it anymore. We fucked up. And then the bank comes in and bails them out. Rarely does anybody here go to jail unless they did something that's egregious. They don't go to jail. They get saved. They're good. And then you and I... In the long run, whether one year, two year, three year, immediate, we have to pay for those yacht trips. We have to pay for all that champagne. We have to pay for all that prostitution, I'm assuming, that they were doing and all the crazy nonsense that really rich beyond their wildest minds people get into. And this is where the problem lies. This is this system that Bitcoin continues to bail us out. So I wouldn't get into in front of this camera every single week and try to over technical Bitcoin for y'all because I'm still learning. A lot of these meetups that happen right outside this room here uh, are, you know, teach me a lot and are geared to learn. So I'm not going to be over technical. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm also not going to be the best when it comes to the traditional finance space. I don't operate in that. I come from the streets. I come from a different environment, a hustle environment, a money Right. A uh, 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 survival instinct environment. That's where I come from. So I can't even tell you about the banking and the, and the BIPs and what's going on and and, and, and how they're going to get bought out again and how they're doing. I can't tell you all that. But where I do sit is in this rise little nucleus of the middle of I understand all of that shit to the level that I need to understand that it's affecting my life. I understand all that shit to the level that I need to understand that that know that that's phony, phony capitalism and false government. I know that much. I know enough to understand that I don't like it. I know to understand that this time of the year is a friendly reminder to all of us that taxation is theft, right? Where they make you sit there and pay an H&R block or, and this is mafia as well, because in other parts of the world, they literally just send you a bill from the IRS uh, saying, hey, you owe us this much. You don't have to do anything. But over here, they make you sit down. They make you pay overinflated prices for these softwares that do absolutely nothing. Right. They make you guess at your torture. Right? Like you fill out the form and you kind of like hope that your taxes get right. And then they make you pay money to them. Hey, thanks for doing all that work. By the way, you still owe me this much money for not being anything in your life, not being a protector, not being a savior. 
not being just not, just here. Hey, hey, let me let me take that. And then if you fuck up, hey, you fucked up. You actually owe me more. And then if you don't pay, hey, well, guess what? Uh, how about you pay me on Stimmy, right? Like you pay me on like on the low or, or, or on a payment plan. And then after that, I say, hey, man, I'm about to throw your ass in jail, regardless of your kids, regardless of your career, your situation, right? But not once in that relationship can you say back and say, hey, you guys are wrong on this one. They actually don't owe you this. So actually, you can't do that. Very rarely. If you have an example where you won against the IRS, please let me know. Please send the boost below so that I can actually, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, take a, uh, you know, learn <laughs> how you did that. Um, but it's phenomenal. It's a crazy, excuse me, it's a crazy world out there. And I'm super, you know, it's a crazy world out there. And I'm super humbled that, you know, I've discovered Bitcoin and many of you listeners have discovered Bitcoin. And I'm really glad that there's Bitcoiners out there that are basically, you know, uh, teaching, teaching. I saw like everybody step up. I, I've seen, you know, all the all the big, the Marty Benz, the, the Odell's of the world. Wake up, wake up, motherfuckers. Those type of messages. Um, uh, but. You know, let's let's address another elephant in the room where it's like we need the biggest platform here, you know, in, in the United States to be able to carry our message further. And I don't know who's going to break the Rogan ice. I don't know who's going to, you know, get through that. Yeah, I know Curry has been on there. That's not enough. I know there's been other people's like Ant years ago that's been on uh, uh, Topolis. I always fuck up his name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, but Max Kaiser brought up a really good post that I want to just highlight here in this in this part of the show, which is I think it should be Jack Maulers. And you guys, if you've listened to the show long enough, understand that I have my differences with Jack Maulers. I don't think, you know, I think he's more of a marketer than he is a genius, which is OK, by the way. That's that's kind of Kanye. That's kind of those guys. Um, but it doesn't deliver timeliness, I guess, is like delivers long term. But if there's anybody that fits the face of Bitcoin, the pleb, the hoodie, right, if there's anybody that has defied the odds of what a pleb, a hoodie is because he's a pleb, he's a hoodie, but he's also a business owner, a successful business at that. If there's anybody that understands what Bitcoin solves and the intricacies of what Bitcoin can do is Jack Maulers. We, we've seen him do this, you know, time after time over CNN and different other places uh, and other interviews that he's had. Um, I don't think it should be Michael Saylor. I don't think it should be Saifedean. I don't think it should be many people, to be quite honest with you. If I were to put two people in that space, and this just shows how highly I think about them when it comes to how they explain Bitcoin, and not that others don't do it well. I'm a huge Dirt Gigi fan, but I even I wouldn't want Gigi on, um, on Rogan. It would be two people. It would be Jack Mahler's number one, because I think he represents us the best and gives us a chance to get 30 million listeners to be able to understand this message at a time when they need it the most. And then the other person sits... Right out here and, and it's here in Austin. I don't know if Rogan ever listens to the show. I will ever listen to the show. But I would put up either Jack Maulers or Parker Lewis. Austin native. I know Joe Rogan loves Austin and wants to support Austin. Bring out Austin, uh, uh, Parker Lewis, future mayor of Austin here, because he's going to be able to explain both sides of that. Much more eloquent than I or anybody that I probably know can. The financial side of it, right? The, 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 what they're doing at the Fed side of it, but also why Bitcoin actually fixes that and why it, it can, it, it, it's, it's really the apex predator of currency. Like that's the Parker Lewis talk. I would love to see that. And then Jack Maulers would just show us how this saves global problems, right? And how he's proven that with Strike. Um, and just, you know, the, 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 the investment that we've all made as a community into Bitcoin and why we hold it so high. Some of us like me get lost in the sauce and, and we start getting like really philosophical about it and we start getting really deep about it. And, uh, you know, that doesn't really uh, help 
or, or educate, attribute the masses. The majority of the person doesn't really care about the virtuosity and the things that Bitcoin does uh, offer principles. Uh, there's a huge portion of the population that are just in, that that is just in pain. Right? They're just worried about the day-to-day stuff. They're just worried about how they're going to be able to continue and how Bitcoin can help them do that. Um, they have yet to discover that all this is not their fault. They have yet to discover that it is actually them, the Fed, that's actually putting this pressure on them and their family. They have yet to discover all the you know puppeteering that happens in this system to keep them where they're at and keep others where they're at. They have yet to discover any of that. So you need to be able to have a person explain that to them in the light in the, the type of breath that explains their pain point, their direct pain point, how Bitcoin can solve that. And those are the two guys I think that if I were to put in front of 30 million people, which is what Rogan's estimated audience is supposed to be, those are the guys that I'm going to go for every single time. And I may even interchange those depending on, you know, with the timing of the market, right? Like right now, I would probably put Parker Lewis in front of that because he's going to be able to explain how these bank runs and, and this Bitcoin thing, how the bank runs are, are meant to happen and how they happen and how Bitcoin is meant to, you know, eat that whole market up. Um, and then, in, in, and then, like I said, Maulers has just more of a global overview of it, of a, what this, you know, uh, Bitcoin can do as a, as a systematic layer, as a technical layer. Um, and we've seen him do that, like in his sleep, blindfolded. So... I wanted to address that. I don't know when we break the ice, but if you guys are spending your time saying, hey, at Joe Rogan, which by the way, he's not paying attention to y'all. Hey, at Joe Rogan, um, you know, let's get on Saifedean in there and let's get super respect to Saifedean. Also explains things very well. That's just not, not the people. Let's get Parker Lewis. Let's get uh, uh, Jack Maulers. I agree with Max Kaiser on that. And I rarely agree with Max Kaiser, not because I think he's a lunatic like most people do, just because... When I think about Bitcoin, he's not part of my education. I know Max Kaiser is an OG, but he's not in my scope of who I go to or who, you know, who kind of ingrained me of the, in this education, my philosophy on Bitcoin. So nothing against Max, but I think we need somebody that is actually doing things in the business perspective. Um, you know, Parker Lewis, just like Jack Maulers, have been and have built Bitcoin businesses. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe Kaiser has as well, but I don't day-to-day use a Kaiser servers. I kind of just listen to him as like a, higher up OG of it, right? So um, let's get somebody who can really do that for three hours on Rogan, and I think we do very well. Because going back to the reason I got into this is I really worry about the average person. I really worry about me being at the table and understanding, you know, that that meme with the when I'm at the corner at the party, when I'm understanding these people, these fellow U.S. citizens, the, these human beings are about to suffer if they're not ready and they're not prepared. And I obviously can't see into how prepared they are or their understanding, but their behavior gives that away a lot. And sometimes I need to fix my behavior because it kind of gives away that I'm not prepared because I would be lying to you if I said I couldn't be more prepared. Right. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Sometimes it just scopes outside of Bitcoin. Right. When things get hard and things get difficult, well, you better be able to, you know, cock, load, shoot a weapon effectively. Right? You better be able to grow your own food. You better be able to know the person that grows their own food so you can barter. You better be able to understand that, you know, you need wealth somehow, some way. And that's going to be Bitcoin that nobody can take from you. No Fed, no farmer, no nobody. You have to agree and give consent to use that money. Right. And you need to make sure this goes, I, you know, I know health is a big thing for me, guys. Like I work up and down on this thing. I, I joke to myself all the time. It's not as extreme, but the fit to fat to fit shit, that show. I don't know if you remember that. It's a great show because you get to see how the personal trainers learn to like, you know, get sick on food. Uh, <laughs> check that show out. It's pretty cool. But 
my point is, is that like I, where health have gone up and down. And then most re- recently, as of the last month, I've really been serious about it because, you know, health is wealth and all that stuff is great. Long lasting life is great. Being ready for sovereignty is great. But if you don't have a good vessel, as they like to say, to carry that through that, to enjoy your Bitcoin, to enjoy being prepared, to be able to protect and do all that, then you're kind of doing that, all that stuff ass backwards. So I don't have a pyramid, but if I were to say the pyramid at the very top of that is health. You need to make sure that you're good. You need to make sure your body's good. You need to make sure that you're doing your very best work. And that's, uh, that's extremely important to be able to, um, that's extremely important to be able to, to capitalize on is that to understand, sorry, that if your health isn't there, then everything else that you're preparing for and Bitcoin is preparing for you is damn near worthless. So that's kind of my rip on the whole situation. I'm not going to, like I said, overfinance you guys because I don't think that's my place. Um, and I don't really have anything technical to bring up because, you know, I'm still learning some new stuff that's happening out here, like the Nosters and the payments and those things. So I appreciate y'all as always. I also want to thank everybody that contributes uh, sats here uh, to Talking in Bits through Podcasting 2.0, Value for Value. Um, this is how we keep the show open. It's an open source show. This is how we uh, make the, keep the lights on, as they like to say, and keep it real funky. Uh, it's how we keep it going. It goes right back in. We also want you to be a part of the show. We want you to contribute ideas, contribute uh, create your creativity so that we can add you as a split here and you can earn some sats back. It's actually really easy nowadays with services like Fountain to be able to do that. This isn't a Fountain ad. I just you know, think that now that they have the banking rails and I was talking to Oscar a few weeks ago about this, you can literally just load up, you know, $10 from your bank into Fountain and be able to start streaming right away. You can also earn the sats there and then just stream them right back out to your favorite shows like Talking and Bits. Uh, once again, not an ad, but love how easy it's becoming to be able to stream some value. And Talking and Bits is one of those forefront shows that is determined by nothing else but what the value that you guys provide. Check us out on Bitcoin TV. Check us out on the legacy outlets. But eventually, we're going to have to force y'all over to the Bitcoin standard of things. I appreciate y'all as always. Till the next solo rip. Till the next main chain interview episode. I'll see y'all next time. Later.